Hello and welcome back to the Figure Podcast. It has been many months since we have recorded an episode, but we are actually back together in person on this occasion after not being able to be together for a very long time. In the garden. In the garden in northern Scotland. And today's episode is going to be a bit different from what we usually do. Um, We will come back monthly um, with roundups of three figures, a person, a number and an image. But today we are going to give you some recommendations of books and podcasts and things that we've been engaging with in the time that we've been away and just sharing our thoughts and reflections. So, G, how is your lockdown? Yes, it's caused me to change location and that's been very, very, very positive in certain respects. But I ended up spending a lot of it on my own because I went to live with my boyfriend who is um, a doctor um, and was working throughout the entire coronavirus uh, lockdown uh, and still is. And working from home enabled me to to do that so we spent the initial time um in london with our family and then we moved up to the east midlands in a place called grantham and i spent a lot of time on my own because his day-to-day life didn't change so i think and what was that experience like being living with somebody who was quote-unquote on the front line and part of the most kind of valued workforce that you know if we were grateful for the NHS beforehand we Mm. it has just been it's just the most amazing thing and I think the like the Thursday night applause was just magical wonderful but what was it like being with somebody day to day going back to Grantham and the first day before he went back to work was absolutely terrifying he was terrified I was nervous for him um, our parents were quite nervous that we were both there. By, by chance, um, the, we had both been exposed to COVID already because his dad um, had coronavirus and we had to isolate with them. That's kind of why we were in London for such a long time. So that took away a lot of the fear because we kind of thought, well, we'll have antibodies, hopefully. And so it wasn't, whereas before it was like, wow, we're both going to get ill. Um, There's nothing we can really do about it. So it's slightly less in the fear of the unknown. Yeah, less in the fear of the unknown. And then, you know, had to just readjust to living in a new place, work from home and, yeah, get used to spending more time on my own, which was definitely a massive fear of mine beforehand. Mm. Um, So what were the tips and tricks that you learned along the way? Because you had a long time to get used to it and just days on end where with the shift pattern, it meant that you wouldn't... see people routine um absolutely routine so this took me a long time to get to a sweet spot of the ideal routine and that's really important because a routine shouldn't be something that you have to do oh I have to do this I have to do that obviously there are things that we all have to do in a day but what I'm talking about is the routine that sets you up for the day in a way that you feel great doing Mm. whether that's exercise whether that's reading whether that's reflecting whether that's eating a good meal and actually can take some time and trial and error to find what that is but I thought that given we don't I don't have a commute I'm within a lot of nature that I hadn't been in central London let's take that to my advantage and so I spent a lot of time outdoors and exercising 
bearing in mind also my the half marathon I'd trained for got cancelled. So I was still, I was, I was quite fit going into lockdown and I sort of just rode that wave. Mm. And now it's culminated in a routine where I get up every morning about 6.37. And so does my boyfriend who I live with. And we study a text um, based around Stoic philosophy. And it's a book... So for anyone who doesn't know, because I think you, when we were talking about it, when you first told me, mm. I had assumptions in my head of what Stoic or mm. Stoicism meant, which was based on somebody being described as Stoic, which I yeah. would see as a very negative thing. And to me, it meant someone who was distant or guarded and kind of noble to the point where they were fairly self-centered. Yeah. Um, but your understanding of it and from this book is very different to that. Because the definition of stoic is one, a person who can endure pain or hardship without showing their feelings or complaining, which is probably what you would, the stereotypical uh, definition of stoic is, right? Someone who's quite cold. However, the next part is an ancient form of thought based on thinking about what you can control and what you can't control and how that relates to happiness and your well-being. And what's an understanding like what's within nature's plan for you and what's within your ability to change. Did the coronavirus and lockdown influence that choice of book? Um, or do you think it's something that you could have potentially ended up doing anyway? Because it just strikes me, the idea of control yeah. is so fundamental to why this time has been so bizarre. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do you know what? It, it actually wasn't. The, the real reason that we got into this routine is... Um, is my boyfriend had always struggled getting up. Um, he has to be at work in hospital at like 8.39 or whenever it is. Um, and basically would get up, you know, five, 10 minutes before he had to leave and feel awful all day. <laughs> so he was really determined to establish routine and he would watch me get up, exercise, do it. And he just couldn't understand how I did it. And um, oh, top tip. He bought one of those alarms Lumiere with, the, with the light. Yes, the, the Lumi light, slow light. Well, he it got the idea from my dad, who always wakes up to the radio, and so he thought that would be a really good idea to try. So he bought one that has the light. You get woken up by the radio. It's a really pleasant way to wake up because it's not like. Meh, 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 meh. Um, <laughs> and so he's he tried... nice to wake up to the archers. Not that I even listen to the archers, but there's something so soothing there about the voices. There is something soothing. Or woman's hour. I'd like to wake up to. But you can hour. set it to however you want. I mean, mm. you could do that. Um, so and 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 it just worked. Mm. And so that's what we do um, every morning. And I, and the reason I wanted to share it was not to be like oh my god look at me but actually to find a routine that works because looking after yourself mentally is so important in this time and routine is not a bad thing a routine is what keeps human beings ticking it, it keeps you feeling nourished as well completely agree and i think the routine aspect if somebody says the word routine it makes me think Oh God, like school yeah. run. School run, Get exactly. Up, and then on this day I have yeah. ballet and on that day I have gymnastics mm -mm. and I have this day I have that, which I did all love, but it got into this kind of slog of like, oh, I've got to go and do this. Whereas in lockdown, I placed things in my routine that were for me and me alone. Mm -hmm. And the biggest one was going down to the beach and swimming in the sea, which I started doing in March and everyone thought I was completely mad. But I think that's kind of part of it. It's this, you do this mad thing that you know is going to be very, very cold. Yeah. 
but you face it, you do it, you get out, and you just think, I can face anything. Absolutely. Is that, is that, that confidence of knowing that you've, you were able to do it, whereas you didn't have that before? And actually, I would, I would argue that you could do that with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Even a workout, people hate that idea of it or they think they can't do it or a particular physical challenge mm-hmm. it's very good when it's a physical challenge because it really does prove to you how much more cap- you're capable of so much more than you think I just find it so mentally strengthening it's, it's just such a fantastic thing to really remember the feeling afterwards and let that push you through mm-hmm. what you know is going to be difficult and then you have that kind of micro example of something tough which makes anything bigger that you have to do that's tough mm-hmm. seem more manageable yeah shall we dive in to some of our recommendations sure i'm going to do three specific episodes the first one is with a psychotherapist um, called julia samuels and she was interviewed by elizabeth day on my obviously favorite podcast how to fail Uh, So for anyone who hasn't listened to this or come across it, each interviewee chooses three failures and describes what they've learned from those and kind of how it actually has influenced their definition of success. And she talks just incredibly candidly and with so much insight from all the years of patience that she's had. You just melt into this interview and feel very kind of cocooned in it. And it was just a really, really beautiful episode. The second one is Glennon Doyle on Brené Brown's podcast, Unlocked, which came out at the perfect time, right at the beginning of lockdown, when all the craziness was happening, nobody knew what was going on. And again, with so Brené Brown, for anyone who doesn't know, is a researcher on things like vulnerability and courage and fear. I think similar to Julia Samuels, falls back on all these conversations that she's had with so many people that it just gives you this pocket of wisdom not Mm. not pocket so much bigger than that orb of wisdom that you just pull from and it just comes out in that in what they're saying um glennon doyle is a an activist and author she's had a really interesting life and she went from being somebody who was very um prone to numbing herself and she had eating disorders she had drug addictions she had alcohol addictions Um, She then got pregnant with her first child when she was in her early 20s um, and completely sort of shifted her life around. Anyway, I won't, I won't, you can listen to her say her own story because it's much better than me paraphrasing it. Um, But she is now, she has three children and she's with um, a woman called Abby, who she fell in love with kind of at first sight. And so her memoirs kind of track these different changes in her life but also, but and all the and the journey realizing that she had to leave her like leave, leaving her marriage totally and one of the yeah. most interesting things that she says is that just because the thing you're doing is hard such as leaving your husband and disappointing your children doesn't mean that that's the wrong thing that the hard mm-hmm. thing can be the right thing still mm-hmm. and she talks in such an interesting way about being a parent that the way that she wants to parent is to live her life as fully as possible Mm. and to show them an example of what a loving, authentic, you know, explosive firework relationship looks like. And um, she just has so many truthful kind of huge moments where you just pause it and you're going like, wow, (laughs) Mm. which I love those kind of podcasts. Um, And the third one is Adam Rutherford, who has written a book called How to Argue with a Racist. He breaks down myths and what is referred to as scientific racism 
in such an easy to engage with and, un- and like kind of understandable way. And Krishna Guru Murthy is just brilliant at mm. interviewing. It's on ways to change the world. Um, and that's one of many resources that I'd really recommend on kind of anti-racism material. Um, the other ones being from Leila Saad and Rachel Cargill. But we'll come on to that later. Mm. What are your podcast recommendations? Um, all of Louis Theroux's Grounded podcast. I My favourite was Miriam Margulies. I li- <laughs> It's brilliant. <laughs> That's out there. Actually, if you want to, if you want to be shocked, listen to that. And also in belly laugh. Yeah, in a good way. Um, I liked all ten episodes. Not even kidding. I, I really enjoyed all of Louis Theroux's podcast. It was really good. Happy Mum, Happy Baby is still a weekly comfort for me. Absolutely love that. Um, her book Letters on Motherhood is also just like a kind of lovely homemade cake of a book that mm. you just sort of really oh it's just sumptuous it's just such a wonderful wonderful collection of letters that she wrote to her three boys and her husband and kind of other mothers and her younger self I actually haven't read it but I've mm. heard her talk about it a lot um and I also wanted to highlight a vlog here that I watch almost every day Nadia Swala from Loose Women yes yes so her family vlog and they did videos. And is it daily? Every single... They did two live streams a day, mm. which I didn't watch all of that. I quite like their vlog content and their, especially their content around mental health. It's really good. Oh, and they have How to Stay Married So Far and they have Confessions of a Modern Parent. They've really interesting... They've really interesting content, basically. They've mm-hmm. got, like, every topic covered. Um, but yeah, their life is so weird. It's kind of weird to admit, but when I was really lonely <laughs> on the days where I was on my own a lot... I just knew at 11 o'clock or whenever it was that they would be doing like a chat about mm. what's going on in lockdown. It made a really big difference. It made a huge difference. I'd just make a coffee while listening to them speak and it felt like I wasn't alone. Yeah. Interesting. Being live, that was quite good. Yes, I loved those. Yeah. So Ben Fogel did really sweet did things. He? Yeah. Um, on adventures, kind of mm. lessons learned from adventures with his daughter and his black Labradors sometimes in his treehouse, which was just really wholesome and lovely. Mm. Um, and Glennon Doyle did a lot of live Instagrams as well. Yeah. Um, Nikita Gill, who's a poet, she did brilliant lessons on kind of writing um, and creativity. Um, but I think, yeah, again, on the comfort of sort of when everything's going wrong, my lockdown was just so odd on every single level because it coincided with my mum taking a turn in her cancer Mm. for the worst she then had she had radiotherapy but we weren't allowed to go into the hospital because nobody was allowed Mm. to and the whole hospital felt like a ghost town but what was strangely um when it aligned with the kind of the global mood of Mm. prioritizing health talking with your friends looking after yourself eating fantastic food getting creative like going outside spending time in nature all of that was happening on a global level of all the magazines were producing that kind of material and that coincided with exactly the time that i needed it most that's so interesting and i think sometimes when something goes wrong in your life that is huge or is very scary and uncertain what is so difficult and jarring is that it the world keeps going. Yeah. yeah. And so for that, the world to stop at the same time as my individual world stopping and Gosh, being shaken up. that was up. funny how that happened. It yes. was really odd. It's I remember we spoke about it at the time and I just thought, I can't believe this is 
happening at the same time and I'm so and I'm kind of in a way of like shot I can't even imagine and you kind of would like to be honest though it's so good that I'm here with my brother and we're here with my mum at home and we're all together yeah exactly. that would have been a lot harder had it not been locked down yeah um, because there was no kind of FOMO at all. Right. right. <laughs> nobody was going out anyway. And um, and everybody had time to, you know, talk and, and help us. And mm. it was... And actually her health has kind of followed the, the trajectory of the lockdown easing and kind of things getting more normal and better. And she's a lot better now. Um, but yeah, it was a very, very odd time. And some of the books actually should we go on to yeah. book recommendations that helped me so one that I read um at a time then it was very tricky was Mothership by Francesca Siegel um and that is about the time that she spent with her premature twin daughters and it's a real kind of homage to the NHS so that was felt very relevant and um all about kind of camaraderie and she has a thing called the milk shed <laughs> where all the mums are kind of having to um what do you call it dispense their milk pump pump their milk yeah there's a specific word but now I can't remember what it is anyway and they have all these kind of funny chats in the milk shed and they're all in this stage of sort of complete uncertainty you're in fight and flight kind of mode the whole time and that was just a very, very good, quite short book to read at a time of kind of crisis. But I also started it knowing that it had a happy ending. And in that similar vein, um, Sally Vickers is an author that I've discovered um, in the last couple of months and have been making my way, wandering through her beautiful novels. And again, very comforting, wonderful characters, very English and a lot of it sort of sent lots of her books center around the second world war which i always found very interesting um and then the final one i talk about is the boy the mole the fox and the horse feels strange that we haven't recorded a podcast since that came out <laughs> in december um for anyone who hasn't heard of this it is a it's many more pictures than words and just these characters of the boy the mole the fox and the horse they all have their own lives and stories and the wisdom is kind of bounced around between them um and charlie mackesy if you have instagram please go and follow him on instagram because my entire life has been completely enhanced by his drawings especially during lockdown they're just so warm and beautiful so that would be my my number one instagram recommendation that's interesting did you also find that you unfollowed and veered away from certain instagrams as well um i've done that in the past i've what i actually loved is how many other people were getting creative and drawing and then posting those creations on instagram and then i followed many more black lives matter activists yeah um that has been a very important addition but unfollowing no i don't think so I'm quite quick to unfollow though. If yeah. something isn't is sort of uplifting me or teaching me something, I don't want it kind of on my phone. Mm. I really liked following people that were just going about their normal routines and like mm. seeing what people were doing. I feel, again, I find that really comforting, especially people who are quite active. Also with Instagram, it became a really interesting platform when after the murder of George Floyd because we really began to see a flood of conversation and movement in in almost everybody 
you know, was either posting and people who didn't post, there were comments about feeling pressure to post, feeling bad that they didn't post. Um, and it really, and obviously the, the conversation is not necessarily about whether they feel that they can post or not, but about, you know, acknowledging one's part in systemic racism around the world. Completely. And that was really interesting to observe whilst we're still in lockdown. I mean, we were still in lockdown when that But the thing happened. about that is I think this resurgence of one of the most important movements that we've mm. ever seen is that I think lockdown created the silence yes. for it to then, these yeah. voices to completely rise up yeah. for people who have never, ever thought about racism in terms of the systemic mm problems that we have in today's world also just realizing that privilege masks you from all of these issues completely if you're privileged you don't have to think about because it's not it's not going to really affect you and that's and that's really scary mm -hmm. um the thought of no one talking about it or acknowledging it and it it created the momentum the lockdown in combination with the murder of george floyd to really push it through so many more I think echelons of society that yeah. would try to have stayed. But I think on, on the kind of guilt of not saying things, I think that's a definitely a white fragility um, aspect. Mm. And for anyone who is unfamiliar with that term, it was coined by Robin D'Angelo in her book. Um, and it sort of explained it as one of many terms, which was the most helpful thing I found about me and white supremacy, mm. um, which is a workbook. And I did it with a group of three other friends. And there's a section at the back, if you're wanting to do it as a group, to read beforehand. And there's sort of specific ways that you do it. Create the conversation, create the space. Make sure everyone's included and nobody is trying to kind of put themselves ahead or behind or underneath mm. anybody else. Um, but the most helpful thing about that book is that it goes through a lot of different terms and, and ways of describing something or... or acknowledging why that is hurtful mm. um so white but fragility being one explaining that because yeah because i've found that i've had a lot of conversations potentially with other people of other older generations they're there they they go they ask and say why is that racist or why is what that person has said racist well this is what gives you the and terminology explain to them how it feeds into that loop basically because yeah. i think one of the biggest takeaways from that book is that it's not about intention it's about impact mm -hmm. and then she gives you the words to describe what the impact is she almost makes it in a way easier to get across to people because you're parking temporarily the personal aspect yes i'm not accusing you that your intention is racist but actually your impact on that specific action mm -hmm. is such that it's not going to be conducive mm -hmm. However, this is what you could do. And with the posting thing, that was around the idea of white silence, mm. which is something that I had never really thought of, that if you are a person who is white or white passing, your privilege is a platform in which to speak out for the people who have not got that privilege. And I just hadn't really understood that or thought about that terminology before this all happened. And I think... The Black Squares posting on Instagram, I, I thought it was great to see how many people were engaging with it, but frustrating to see how many people put the hashtag Black Lives Matter not 
Blackout Tuesday because right. then the whole Black Lives Matter hashtag was filled with just black squares, which is not adding anything. That's just solidarity. Yeah. And the other thing that frustrated me about it was the number of people who didn't put anything personal or kind of recommend anything or say what they thought or add a quote or it was just the square and the hashtag mm -hmm. and for me that came across in a very tokenistic way but it's just the whole thing is very very complicated and nuanced but the conversations that have been had since then have been really enlightening really hard mm. and yeah me and white supremacy has a series of questions which will be very jarring but they're not intended to make you beat yourself up. They're just intended to make you open your eyes and look at the world in a different way. Mm. When the protests were taking place, I went to one in London. What was the atmosphere? It's really sad. Um, protests I'd been to before, or marches, had been much more upbeat. Like Even with like, things when we're talking about feminism, I went to the Women's March that happens on the anniversary that Trump was inaugurated um, and that's very positive because it's looking about thinking about positive change um, and although obviously Black Lives Matter is focusing on positive change the fact that George Floyd had been murdered and Breonna Taylor and Stephen Lawrence several years ago in Britain mm. and so many other names we had a poster with countless examples it was it was somber it was really somber the weather was really bleak it was actually acknowledging why we were there was really and what did you take away really, from it the most i think it's that idea of a white of white silence um i felt that by showing up in a tiny tiny way it was me say actually saying no this is something that i actively mm. want to be a part of changing but then at the same time you don't you also don't want to just go to a protest and that be the only... Well, it's a fine line, isn't it? Because you don't want to be virtue signalling the whole time of yeah. being like, look at me and I'm I've gonna... read this and this is right. so great. Right. It's not what it's about. No. But equally, you can't just stand there and say nothing and kind of... Absolutely. And, and then, you know, race comes up in conversation and you change the topic or you kind of sit back and you... Because I just constantly want to learn more about it. I, co I constantly am mm. always putting myself in those conversations, especially at work, where the awkward conversation is happening and I want to be watching it and listening and learning how to improve my reaction and my impact overall. Mm. It's all about just, you know, when you know better, you do better. Yes. It's a quote from Maya Angelou. Yeah. Which Oprah Winfrey uses, uses a lot. Yeah. And... Um, I think that that is really just the driving force of not just Black Lives Matter, but everything. Absolutely. So you were going to talk about some TV recommendations. Last Tango in Halifax. Which amazing. is amazing. Beautiful. Set in um, Yorkshire, which I now love because of the show. And the premise is that the first episode starts and you're seeing these two families with elderly single parents I suppose you've yeah. got the grand granddad you've got the, his daughter and you've got her son and they live on a farm then you've got Celia um, who's living with her daughter Caroline and her husband and, and her children and the two main characters knew each other at school when they were 18 but haven't seen each other since they're now in their late 70s and they get back in contact through Facebook through Facebook like a really old form of Facebook and they get back in contact and Oh my gosh, 
they are able to bring up so many family situations mm. and execute it perfectly. Honestly, the grit, like the most gritty, awful family situations that you may have experienced, they will tackle in this series because they look at it as you can also go through this awful experience with your family, but you can also have the best experience with your family mm. and they can happen at the same time yeah. on the same day. Um, and they, they bring jam up, it into every episode. Yeah. There's a lot that happens and it's yeah. really They're highs like and lows mini films, aren't and they? everything in between. Yeah. So I love that. And I think as well, going back to routine, having a ritual of, um, I think what well, I, Arthur and I watched last tango together, but we probably do it every other night. Really great to look forward to that. Um, Killing Eve I watched every Monday with a friend of mine having those little things and you know all the quiz groups that happened really keeps you sane knowing okay I've been on my own for three days but I'm going to have this quiz with this quiz group tonight mm-hmm. um, and those little things and I think with, with lockdown now that it's becoming you know it's easing the rules are going kind of creeping back we're finding what's going on next and we're hoping that there isn't going to be a second wave but I think if there is and even if there isn't, lockdown has given us insight and changes and mm-hmm. priorities that will influence and we can take forward yeah. forever. And that is, it's just such an incredible thing to have lived through, actually. I think it is. I mean, we're only just come out of it, slash we're not even really out of it. It'll no. be interesting to reflect on it a year from And we're now. talking from Britain's perspective, not from any other country, exactly. which is every single one is individual. Even different parts of the country are very different and yeah. individual. Um, yeah. So to finish off, we're going to do something a bit different. Great. Uh, we are going to do a quick fire round. Amazing. Charlotte is buzzing for this. I'm very excited. FYI. I'm going to go first. Okay, you go first. I'm going to ask you seven okay, questions. So how's this going to work? So you're going to you're going to ask me seven questions. It's along the lines of Talking Taste Buds, Venetia Faulkner's podcast. Venetia Lamanna, but yes. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's okay. Inspired by her. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Oh my God, I'm really excited. I also really love that podcast as well. Okay. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Ice cream or coffee? Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, coffee, ice cream. <laughs> and no, okay, ice cream. Fine, ice cream. Marmalade or jam? Marmalade. Morning or evening? Mm. Mm, morning... Running or swimming? Oh, running, but only because I can, I can physically do more of it. Um, no, running. Oh, let's go running. I'm comfortable with that. Yoga or hit? Hit. Right now. Uh, right now it's hit. It'll change, but right now it's hit. Fairies or unicorns? Unicorns. Glitter or pink? Pink. Yay! <laughs> okay, my turn. I made that tough. Also, it shows how much you know me, so thank you. Are you ready? Ready. Breakfast, lunch or dinner? Breakfast. Avocado or cheese? Avocado. Wine or a Tapeport Distillery cocktail? Tapeport Distillery cocktail. Sea swimming or freshwater swimming? Ooh. Sea swimming. Elizabeth Day or Elizabeth Gilbert? Oh my God, don't do that to me. (laughs) Um, Elizabeth Day? (laughs) Tea or hot chocolate? Tea. Cider or Guinness? 
God, I had that decision when we first went to a pub and it was really hard. Um, cider. Aspels. Cider. Lovely, Shah. Well done. Thanks. That was a great quick fire. Should we do that every episode? We could do. Oh my God. And we should make it themed loosely around what we're talking about. Sounds good. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you enjoyed it, please do rate, review and subscribe. And we will be back for another episode at the end of August, resuming our normal format of three figures, a person, a number and an image with some recommendations sprinkled throughout. Absolutely. It's been wonderful to be back. I hope you all enjoyed it. Bye. Bye.